What the hell? They just took our dog. Oh my God. And that takes that sweet moment from the last episode about Sun. And it just ruins it for me. <laughs> it's ruined. Oh my God. I was so upset. It's the worst dad on the planet. Why are you always eating right when we start recording? <laughs> I haven't. I'm really hungry. I was doing things today and and I've all I've had is oatmeal. So I just needed a little bit of soup. It's just, it's so what you do is you make the soup, you eat it, and then you text me you're ready. Not text me you're ready and eat the soup. Look, we said we were going to record at this time. It's this we time. We record 15 minutes ago. Okay, sass. That's rude. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Lauren Gets Lost. I'm Zane. <laughs> and I'm Lauren. And she's filling up with Diet Dr. Pepper, so I get to edit out some burps. <laughs> I haven't even taken a sip yet. Oh, God. Before we begin, I have to give a huge shout out to uh, the boys over at Lost the Plot. Dave and Ado, thank you for the shout out that you mentioned you recorded already. This is us reciprocating. It was lovely talking to you guys. Um, if you are finding us through lost the plot lads, thank you for joining us. Hopefully you like Americans. If you haven't heard of them, go check them out. They're really funny and they both have seen the show. So they know what they're talking about. Unlike one of us. Yeah, I can't, I'm just going to like ditto because I can't listen to it. Cause I haven't seen the show. But I did listen to their voice notes that they sent to our Instagram. Those were funny enough, so I'm sure they're great. <laughs> All right, Lauren, kick us off with the synopsis. i got to put my soup down. Uh, one second. I'm very prepared. Let me just say, as filler, as I'm opening up my notes, this might be my favorite episode so far. Really? I don't know if it's because I'm very emotional this week. Lord knows why. There's no scientific reason. I'm very emotional this week. And this episode, wow. I don't know. It was very impactful for me. <laughs> I'll just tell you a funny story real quick. Oh, God. Speaking of uh, Ireland, do you remember the video from like years ago of the pug that could not fucking run? Do you remember that video? No. Oh, my God. Look it up. Last night, I was watching it. So it's like this pug and then it's like, and then the chorus of the song, it's like the dog's just like running and the chorus of the song is like, but I cannot thicking run. And it's like, and I'm bouncing, flouncing, falling all around. You know that one? You heard it? Oh my God. It's so funny. But the dog, oh my God, the dog is dead. And so I was watching it. I was watching it and hysterically laughing, but also sobbing at the same time. And I actually have a video of my reaction to it because I sent a Snapchat of me crying to Delaney. And then I was laughing at my video of me laughing and crying. So yeah, still no idea, no scientific reason that could be occurring once a month for why this is all happening to me. But anyway, the synopsis is as follows. When the raft is set on fire, all fingers point to Jin. Sun saves her husband by revealing her secret, but at what cost? Also, Shannon lives my dream. 
<laughs> Nothing about the flashbacks? I mean, it's implied. <laughs> Quick bits. We have another repeat director. It's Tucker Gates. You might remember him from Threat Level Midnight. A name you can pronounce correctly. Good job. In the flashback storyline, before Jin could marry son, he had first had to work for her father, Mr. Peck. This is similar to the biblical Jacob who had to work for Laban, Rachel's father, before he could marry her. Huh. You could tell how confident I was in any of that. Mm-hmm. Nailed it. And Daniel Day Kim was recently cast to play Fire Lord Ozai in the live-action version of Avatar The Last Airbender that's going to be on Netflix. Ozai was voiced by Mark Hamill in the original version of the series. You need to finish the soup. It's almost done. You have to talk during the show, Lauren. By the time you're done with Quick Bits, I'll be done with the soup. You're done? Yes. I thought you said you had like five Quick Bits for this episode. No, that's next week. I'll have more soup next week then. Episode opens up with not a shot of Jin's eye. Actually, does it? it I don't actually know because I was typing out the episode title in my notes and then I looked up and Jim was standing on the beach and I was like, oh, did I miss an eye opening? But I was like, also, who cares? My notes say opening shot of Jin's eye. It's been a few days since I've watched it. So opening shot of Jin's eye as he scans the beach for sun. We immediately go into a flashback. Jin is meeting with Mr. Peck as he stands. Are you saying that name right? It's I believe so because in one of the later episodes... Sun is trying to speak to someone who doesn't speak English, and she just says, peck, and that's it. Like, checking into a hotel. Okay, fine. Let's just say Sun's dad. Well, you can say it. I think we should just put a disclaimer that we might be pronouncing these names wrong. Yeah. Disclaimer. I'm, I'm like, 80% confident, but, like, if you've listened to the podcast, I've butchered names constantly. Yeah, every single episode, I think. Do I feel bad? Yes. Will I fix it? Probably not. But I will. Editing Zane here. I got it wrong again. I believe it is Pake. My bad. But Jin meets with Mr. Peck as he stands there, patiently waiting for him to fill out some sort of paperwork. Without looking up, Peck asks Jin why he wants to marry Sun, and Jin explains that he may be from a fishing village, but he has ambitions... He wants to open a restaurant. He wants to own his own hotel one day. Peck asks what Jin's father thinks of the marriage, and Jin says his father is dead. Peck asks what Jin would do for Sun, and Jin says anything, and that includes working for him. Peck then immediately questions why he would give his daughter to someone who sells his dream so easily, and Jin responds that Sun is his dream. Peck offers his hand as a symbol of acceptance. Jin shakes it and bows. What were your thoughts? I hate the give my daughter. I understand it's cultural and even Americans kind of see it like that, depending on your religion and all that. I don't like it, but I thought it was cute that he said, son is my dream. That was very cute. He's got the charm, man. He really does. I love... Well, I don't want to say flashback Jin. I love good flashback Jin. Early relationship. We're going to get, I have a lot of thoughts on Jin, but. It really shows you in this episode, Jin is a complex person. Yeah. 
And I feel like we've always known that we just needed to see it. And we definitely see it this episode. Yeah. It's like something got lost in translation. <laughs> so back on the island, Jin finds Sun in a bikini and immediately tries to cover her up. Everyone watches as they argue. And when Jin tries to pull her off the beach, she falls. So Michael runs in to intervene. He shoves Jin's away and tells him not to touch her. Jin shoves him back and then Sun steps in between them and slaps Michael. Sun is queen of slaps. She slaps. She doesn't hold back. It's right there. It's ready. Not a spoiler, but on Facebook the other day, I saw a compilation of Sun slapping all the characters that she slaps. There's so many more to come. (laughs) She just slaps so many people. I love that. Michael is stunned by the slap as Sun grabs Jin and pulls him away. He rips his hand away from her as Michael touches his face in disbelief. What were your thoughts? Uh, I was like, son, what the fuck? Like, I get it. But seriously, just like, give him a look. Shove him a little bit. Stop it. You know, you don't have to slap him across the face. He dishonored her husband. Okay, your husband dishonored you. Yeah. I mean, I feel like. Michael did the right thing getting involved. I, again, am just incredibly frustrated that these people do not seem to understand that Jin has no fucking idea what what he is saying. I feel like you lean into that too much. Like, the best way to learn a language is to be immersed in that language. The answer here is not for everybody to just not try to communicate with Jin. The more they try to communicate with him, the more he's going to learn English. Like, they can't just let him get away with whatever he wants because he doesn't speak English. I'm not saying uh, let him do whatever, but as we see later in the episode, he doesn't know. It's just gibberish to him. So when Michael's like, I'm telling you one more time, if you put your hands on her, it doesn't matter how many times you tell him. At this point, he doesn't know. So but, just don't but, threaten him or like get in his face. Just be like, no, or like, I don't know. But like Michael, he like gets in sparring matches with words and fists too, but just Jin isn't the person to do that with in this particular moment. I agree. At the same time, I disagree. I disagree with like that he shouldn't be saying that. Jin can understand by the context of the situation and the tone in Michael's voice and his body language that he's telling him to stop doing that. He's warning him. I'm going to go back to this whole like, he's not going to learn English if they don't talk to him. You can't just be like, No, like not to like, I don't want to compare Jin to a child, but like when you're raising a child and you're teaching them to speak, the like one of the main things I tell parents that I work with is like, you have to speak to the child in full sentences. Don't baby talk to them just because that's all they can understand. So it's like the same thing. They have to talk to him the way they would talk to anybody else, he'll get there. And I really do feel like in this situation, he got it. He's just a stubborn jerk. Yeah. I feel like also a lot of it, you know, I'm not excusing Jin's behavior, but in this particular moment, like, I feel like a lot of it would have been helpful if they would have understood what Jin was saying, because like, it's a, it's a cultural thing. He was trying to cover her up and it's not like he knocked her down or anything. He was trying to remove her from the situation, which was not okay, but she fell because of you know losing her footing, sand, whatever. Jin or Michael came in there with the right intention, but I feel like 
it just made it worse. I don't think Jin was going to drag her off the beach and kick her ass. I just feel like he could have just been like, that is not okay. And not take it to the like next level. I definitely think you're right. Like, but I just, Michael's hot headed. Yeah. Like, I think, I think he had good intentions and what was he really going to accomplish from that? Nothing, but somebody needed to do something. Yeah. That, that did annoy me when they were, everybody else was just sitting there like, well, what can we do? It's like, maybe just like, at least walk up and be like, is everything okay? And then like through context, they'd be like, okay, let's maybe like stop what we're doing here. We're making a scene. I think the problem is that Michael's the only one that ever stands up for son. Like if Jack did it or if Kate did it, I think it would have been a lot more, like it would have been better received. Yeah. And, but nobody else did anything. Michael does something, you know, he feels very passionately about it, but he's hot headed. He comes in swinging and, yeah, why didn't Kate get involved? She understands, she knows Sun's secret. And I feel like, you know, Jin wouldn't immediately be like, I'm going to fight Kate. But also Kate's not going to be like, I'm going to sit there and not do anything. I'll I'll shove him away if I have to. And, you know, it would go from there. But I just, I don't know. Like Michael did the right thing getting involved, but he just came in like way too aggressively. But I feel like no matter how Michael gets himself involved, that would have been an issue because of Jin's feelings towards Michael. Right. Also needed to happen for the plot. Otherwise, obviously <laughs> for the plot. Speaking of which, Jun. Speaking of which. What? <laughs> and speaking of the plot, here is the plot. <laughs> yes. Back at the caves, Jin stares at the watch that he got from Peck and asks Sun what is going on between her and Michael. Sun says that that is a ridiculous question and nothing is going on. Then we get a flashback as Sun is changing into her reception dress after their wedding with one of her friends when Jin steps in. Sun talks about how happy she is and how she wishes Jin's father would have lived to see the wedding. And then Jin becomes sad and tells tells her that he knows his father would have been proud of him. I called it right here. You can check my notes. I said... His dad's not dead. What made you think that? He said, wherever he is, I'm sure he's proud of me or something along those lines, wherever he is. Not like, oh, I'm sure he's looking down on me, wherever he is. I was like, that dude's alive. Son asks to be buttoned up and Jin decides to undress her and he's putting the moves on her. He doesn't undress her. He like, he's like taking it off her shoulder. Exposed her shoulder. Okay, whatever. But for the people who don't watch the show, they're going to be like, damn. (laughs) No, he showed her shoulder. Instead of buttoning her up, he he like kind of takes the dress off a little bit and is like, oh, do I have to? Gross. Don't ruin Jin's moment by talking. Sun says that he should save it for the honeymoon. And Jin says he wants to go. But right now he wants to show her father that he is committed to working. Sun says he won't hold it against them since she is his daughter after all. But Jin promises six months, pulls out the old reliable flower and puts it in her hair. Sun smiles and they share a kiss. Does this dude just have flowers on hand? He like <laughs> it's a wedding. Flowers with him all the t- yeah, that's a great point. I'm just imagining the fucking bouquet of flowers he needs to show up with after this episode. Hold on to that. Why? What did Jin do wrong in this episode? 
Well, here's the thing. Obviously, Jin is mad at Sun, but like, I still feel like Jin's in the wrong. She kept a secret from him. She kept a secret from him because she was going to leave him because she was that concerned for her safety. You know? Yeah. So like, oh, you kept this secret from me. You know English. Oh, because you're fucking ruining my life. You're coming home covered in blood and stolen puppies. We'll get there. <laughs> Sun sneaks to the raft and apologizes to Michael for the slap. Also, if you're trying to convince your husband nothing is going on, don't immediately sneak away to have a conversation with this with the alleged affair. A loud conversation. I was like, they must be really far away from everything else because she's like yelling in English. He says he stuck his nose where it doesn't belong and that it was his fault. Michael says all he wants to do now is focus on the raft, which speaking of which, now that you actually can see it, since you didn't see it last week, <laughs> what are your thoughts on the progress of the raft? Well, it looked like a decent raft. I mean, RIP the raft, but it looks pretty good. But here are my thoughts on this scene. You haven't even said it yet. Nope. Go let ahead me finish. And, go ahead and say it. I have thoughts. Sun explains that the slap was to protect Michael from Jin, as he does not know what he's capable of. Michael says it's not his problem. It's hers. This is, this is what I was thinking in this part. From the flashbacks, the only thing that we have ever actually seen that has happened is the one time when he, like, beats the shit out of that guy and comes home covered in blood. All Sun knows is he came home with a bunch of blood on his hands. I have to imagine that there are so many more of these instances for her to be like, I'm protecting you from him. You don't know what he's capable of. Like, he did that, and then he beat up Michael on the beach. If I only had those two points of reference for somebody, I wouldn't be saying... You don't know what he's capable of. You know what I mean? I think the implication is that Jin works for her father and she knows her father does some shitty stuff. Yeah, I guess. I just feel like I need to eventually get more from the flashbacks for me to really be like, ooh, Jin is dangerous. Yeah. Because I just don't think he is. I, I think if he flipped a switch and wanted to be, he could be. But yeah, I just don't think I don't think that's his first thought. I definitely think he's got some anger issues. He's also built. Yeah. Like, have you seen them guns? Mm-hmm. Body of the week. I'm just kidding. Um, Michael pissed me off in this scene. I understand he's upset because you know he thought he and Son were like friends or whatever, and like he was doing the right thing. But he has to understand the complexity of the situation. If you 15 seconds ago, he thought this woman was being abused and she's she's telling you, I'm afraid what he'll do to you if you if like I didn't do that. And he's like, not my fucking problem. Like, good luck. If you genuinely believe believe this woman is being abused, why would you just like be like, "Mm, good luck? Well, he's just butthurt because he tried to stand up for her and she shamed him in front of everybody. He stuck his neck out for her. She slapped him across the face. He's like, that's as far as my helping hand goes. You have literally slapped it away. You're on your own now. That's your fucking problem. So I kind of get it. Once again, he's just being hot-headed. Michael's always hot-headed. But like, I would probably be the same in this situation. 
Jin is hitting rocks with golf clubs, and Hurley invites him to go fishing to relax. Jim ignores him, and Hurley says that he's trying. Jin ignores him again, and Hurley says he can be out an outsider all he wants and leaves. I don't really know if he ignores him or if he's just like, I, again, have no idea what you're saying, but I appreciate the effort from Hurley. I also appreciate the effort, but I feel like now is the time that I was kind of like, well, dude, he doesn't know what you're saying. Now, do I think the gesture was obvious? He shows up with fishing poles. They fished together before. I think the gesture is obvious, but being like, oh, you want to be an outsider? Blah, blah, blah. Well, he doesn't know what you're saying. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, he can't help it. I feel the gesture was obvious, but when I'm in a bad mood, I can misread gestures all the time. Jin's out there hitting golf clubs. He's like, I just got in a huge fight. Hurley walks up with fishing poles and he's like, hey, uh, can you go fish for us? Exactly. He could easily take it that way. Exactly. He could have been like, hey, man, I know you just got done almost abusing your wife, but we're really hungry. Can you get me <laughs> some fish? So that's... That's where I was kind of like, okay, well. Yeah. Shannon asks Saeed if the knot for a shelter is what I think they're building. No, the she, cow- was help- she was helping with the raft. Was it the raft? Yeah. It, I don't know, because they're using bamboo for the raft. That looked more like, because she's later building her shelter. I thought it was still the raft. No, I think it was the, I'm not maybe, sure. I first thought it was a water like, trough. Maybe she's making her own shelter because, you know, her and Boone are like donezo. Well, I mean, they're still in the process of moving into that new camp. So, like, everybody's oh. kind of working on shelters. Whatever. I thought it was the raft, but what do I know? <laughs> I didn't even know there was a raft last week. <laughs> but Saeed's impressed by her not so much, he asks, if that she was secretly in the Navy. Shannon explains that she's dated guys with sailboats and picked up on uh, things from there. Saeed jokingly says that he thought she was a spinster. And Shannon says that maybe they should get some rope and see what happens. Do you ship it? In the moments of them flirting, I don't dislike it. But I wouldn't be, like, devastated if it doesn't go anywhere. I I don't ship it, but I don't not ship it. Like, I, I'm just, I'm fine with it happening. I just feel like it gives me a nice side of Saeed all his sides are nice this is like his flirty like I have a bone to pick with Saeed later but we'll get there okay it's okay it's like it's if it was a bone to be like a metatarsal it's the smallest bone possible but like it I do want to bring it up uh for the listeners Zane just pointed to his pinky and said metatarsal metatarsals are in your feet metacarpal is what you're thinking of in your hand (laughs) carpals in your wrist carpal bones metacarpals oh what's this in your ankle tarsal bones metatarsals whatever you know what metatarsals are even smaller so i'm rocking with that (laughs) pinky tart metatarsal or whatever no (laughs) Shut up. We're moving it's on. I'm going to edit all this toes. out. We're moving on. It's not your toes. It's like, like these are your metacarpals in your hand right here. So think of that on your feet. This part. Don't put my foot in the podcast. I'll fucking kill you. Absolutely going in. Giving it away for free. No Them dogs free are barking. <laughs> Did you know that Kate had a bone removed from her foot? Why? 
because it had been broken for like three years. It was like leaking bone marrow. Ew. That's awesome. Did she get to keep the bone? I, that's what I asked. She said no. That's rude. Where were we? I have no idea. Oh, um, from my point of view, I like it. I, you know, I, I'm not devastated if it doesn't go anywhere, but it's nice to have a little romance on this island that isn't like possible uh, spousal abuse or just the love triangle that is like going nowhere. But except really, I feel like Jack and Sawyer have more romantic chemistry than either of them with Kate at this point. <laughs> there is much more tension between Jack and Sawyer than. Oh, God, Jack and his treatment of Sawyer this episode. I've It's so funny. I'll we'll get there. Walt brings Michael some wiring for the raft and Michael begins to enthusiastically talk about showing Walt New York City and the buildings. He talks about how he loves the architecture and asks if Walt is excited to see it. And Walt seems unenthused and then asks if he can go play with Vincent. This made me think of what you were saying earlier about dad's trying and failing. So I I know you got something to say here. I liked the moment. Like what I liked about it is that Michael was making an effort and, you know, Walt really only engaged in it for like 30 seconds. And then when Walt was done, Michael just let him go. And I think that was a really good, like that to me is progress. It does make me sad because he's trying and Walt's kind of pushing back, but we realize later it's because he doesn't want to leave the Island. Not necessarily that he's pushing back on his relationship. Right. With Michael. At the same time, I think Michael handled that really well. This is one of two, one of two, exactly two moments where I was happy with Michael. But at the same time, you know, if I were a kid, I'd be like, who gives a fuck about buildings? Yeah, true. I mean, I still don't really give a fuck about buildings, but, you know. Jack comments about the progress of the raft, and Michael explains that the bam- they have bamboo for the decking, pieces of the fuselage for cabins and storage bins, and Jack warns him that people are starting to talk about who is going to go on the raft. Michael explains they can only hold four, and three spots are taken. Jack asks who the third is, and enters Sawyer. Michael explains that he sold Sawyer the spot for a cable that they can use for the mast, and Sawyer taunts Jack, saying that he is a saver, not a spender. I... Don't really feel like Jack wanted to go on the raft. I didn't get that impression at all, no. So the, the fact that Sawyer's like taunting him, he's like, hey, I'm on the fucking boat and you're not. Yeah, but Sawyer will just take any opportunity to throw shit at Jack. Jack probably wanted Kate to be able to go. Why? Because he's like, oh, I love her. Let's, I want the best for you. If, if I had to put money down, I'd say Jack would advocate for Kate to go on the raft. You feel like going on the raft is less dangerous than staying on the island? No, I don't feel like that. But I think they think that. I think I, that raft is going to fucking capsize. They're all going to drown. I'm telling you right now, they're dead. I do think it's funny that Michael's like, we're building this fucking raft. And like, yeah, it seems solid. But like, you know, no offense to Michael. I don't think he's ever built a raft a day in his life except for all the days he's been building a raft lately. I would not want to take Walt out on that thing, but I also wouldn't want to leave my son behind. So like, yeah, honestly, that's a hard decision. You would almost wish somebody else would have just come up with the raft idea. Like he's very motivated to get off the Island, but like there's no fucking way that they're going to have success with that raft. I'm not only saying that because this is six seasons of a TV show, 
uh, they're going to die. I am like confident that they're going to die. Kate asks Sun in the privacy of a tent how much longer she's going to allow Jin to treat her that way. And Sun argues that Jin is her husband. Kate points out that Sun is so afraid of him that she won't even tell him that she speaks English. And she says that she's trying to understand. Sun explains that Jin used to be tender and that he became different. And Kate asks what changed him. I feel like Sun could easily, and I feel like she has explained before, like, he doesn't know that I speak English because I was going to leave him. How do you, how do how does Kate want her to explain that? I don't think he's, she's ever actually said that to Kate. She's just been like, I can't tell him because he's dangerous. She's never said from my memory, she's never said to Kate, I was planning on leaving him. That's why I learned English. That's why he doesn't know. Yeah. She never said it word for word, but she, it basically, it, it was sort of implied and I feel like Sun easily could just be like, this is the reason. But I don't know. I feel like that's just airing all their dirty laundry. Everybody already knows so much of their business. Now if she's going to be like, actually, I was going to leave him. Like, that's just because yeah. now if she has hope for like a future with him, I wouldn't want a bunch of people knowing that true. I was going to leave him. I, I do think Kate is a little bit of a hypocrite here when it comes to like tell him as if Kate doesn't keep secrets herself. And I, yeah, that's rich coming from her. Just tell him, shut the fuck up, Kate. Just explain. It's a fucking tiny little airplane in a suitcase. It's not that deep. Yeah. Explaining to somebody, I learned a language to get away from you. And like, uh, this airplane just means a lot to me. If there's something that we should just easily be able to tell people. Yeah. This conversation is interrupted by commotion on the beach. Kate asks what's going on, and Charlie points out that the raft is on fire. As everyone runs up to it, we get a quick shot of Locke watching from the distance. Pretty much everyone on the beach is just throwing sand at the raft as Michael runs up, screaming in disbelief, anger, sadness. He throws sand on it, too. That'll help. Before turning to Sun and asking where Jin is. Jack tells him that she doesn't understand. Kate tells him to back off. Michael says he knows that Jin is the one who birthed the raft. As the tension starts to rise, Walt begins to throw sand on the raft too. That'll help. And Michael pulls him away saying that it's gone. Sun runs away and Michael tries to follow her. But Jack says they do not know that Jin did it. And Sawyer and Charlie argue that it has to be him. Jack says there's no proof. And Michael asks who did it. Charlie is standing there still with bruises on his neck and they don't ever think maybe it was the fucking others. I same thing. Like uh, my immediate thought was like, oh, my God, the others burnt the raft. Duh. That was my thought. And I think it's stupid that they're blaming Jin. Like not liking Michael is one thing. Sure. It'd be more believable to me that he would murder Michael than he would burn that raft. Everybody wants to get off the island. I mean, I'm just saying what Locke says later, but like, it's just stupid. It's a dumb conclusion to come to. This is, Susan has rubbed off on Michael, but he's just like, it's about me. It's about me. Yeah, you're right. But I mean, I, once again, I'm not, I feel like I'm defending Michael a lot this episode. Emotions are high. He has put so much effort into what he believes is going to be what saves his son. And now it will eventually kill him. (laughs) what I think will eventually kill him. And it's gone. All his hard work, literally up in flames, 
Like, I would be livid and I would be blaming the first person that came to mind. And I I really don't think we can blame Michael. I think everybody else who's also also blaming Jin is stupid. Michael's the only one that I'm giving a pass to. Everybody else is fucking dumb. And who deserves some credit? I'm not saying hottie or MVP or anything, but give the man his due. Lock? Jack. Jack said, well, hold on. We don't know anything here. Yeah, Jack's always the voice of reason. I'm not going to. Yeah, good for him for doing the right thing. He doesn't get brownie points for that. (laughs) Fucking mad at everybody else. He's the only person that didn't do it. I'm mad at everybody else for doing the wrong thing, but I'm not going to be like dishing out fucking brownie points because he just did what you should do. That'd be like if everybody was like kicking puppies and one person was like, I am not going to kick those puppies. I wouldn't be like, yeah. Okay. But it's not that Jack stood there and didn't accuse Jin. He went as far as to put himself in between Michael and son and say, we don't know. And tried to talk it. It would be like if everyone's kicking puppies and one guy's like, hey, I'm going to put myself in between you and the puppy. Let's not kick the puppy. (laughs) It's not the same thing. Fine. Fine. That's all I'll say about it. Goodbye. (laughs) So we cut to Sun finding Jin in the caves, tending to a burn on his hand and wrists. Sun asks if he was the one who burnt the raft and says that Michael was just trying to get him off the island and asks why he did it. Jin stops her and simply asks... Michael, before storming off. In the next flashback, Jin runs to Peck as he's been summoned. He apologizes for an accident, and Peck tells him that he's not reprimanding him. He's promoting him to his special assistant. Before Jin can even say anything, Peck orders Jin to deliver a message to the Secretary of Environmental Safety. The message is, I'm very displeased. Were you trying to say secondary or secretary? Because Secretary. Yeah, you did not say that. Oops. You said secretary. Like, that's what I thought you said, but it definitely sounded like uh, secretary or something. Whatever. Just leave it, but you do sound dumb. Okay. Jin goes to the secretary's house and explains that Peck set him. The secretary lets him in and offers him seat and drink, but Jin says he's only there to deliver a message. The secretary asks him not to do it in front of his daughter, who's watching Hurley on television. I saw that. I put it in my notes. Look at me paying attention. Jin is confused and simply just tells him the message. The secretary thanks him for the message and gives him his daughter's dog to apologize and as a gift. Jin refuses, but he insists and repeatedly thanks him. I was devastated. What the hell? They just took her dog. Oh my God. And that takes that sweet moment from their last the last episode about sun and it just ruins it for me. <laughs> it's ruined. Oh my God. I was so upset. This is the worst dad on the planet. So are you upset with Jin? Cause he at first was like, I'm not going to take the dog. No, I'm not upset with Jin. I'm upset with random <laughs> dad who just took her puppy. Oh my God. If my dad took my dog away from me. I would never speak to him again. <laughs> That poor little girl. Oh, my God. I was <laughs> like, so upset. It's not subtitled, but, like, he takes the dog and she's like, Dad. I like to imagine he's like, shut the fuck up. Take the dog. <laughs> I was so upset. Saeed walks up to Boone and says that he wants to talk about Shannon. He says there's a likelihood they're about to be more than friends. 
Boone is just revealing himself to be a racist by asking if this is a Middle Eastern thing. And Saeed says he hopes that Boone will not object and that this was only a courtesy. He's not asking for permission. And as he goes to leave, Boone tells him that Shannon likes older men who will take care of her. And on the island, Saeed fits that role. Shannon will use you and lose you. And Boone tells him not to take it personally. What were your thoughts about Boone? He's kind of out of his sleepwalkingness because now he's like back in like Shannon's mind. Yeah, I'm like, Boone, I thought we had moved on. Remember when you got fucking drugged in the jungle? What was all that for if we're still going to be held up on your stepsister? Imagine if uh, later when Shannon finds Locke, instead of skinning whatever he was skinning, he was making more drugs. He's like, like I'm prepared to do it again. It's like, <laughs> God damn it, Boone, you didn't learn your lesson. I still think this is Boone's version of being over her, but it's like he's over her, but with bitterness, which yeah. means he's not over it. Clearly. It's like, I don't want her back. I just don't want her to move on. But I think it's also like, I think he just thinks she's a bad person. And he's like, I'm just going to put it out there. She's not a good person. Jin wakes up from sleeping against a tree in the jungle, which they just, they just seem to forget about the others, the monster, the polar bears. Jin probably has no idea any of that's going on, but he at least knows about the monster. He knows about enough of it that there's a danger he might not know all the information but also everybody wants to kill him right now so as he's leaning down at a creek sawyer does his best roadhouse impression and ambushes him with a roundhouse kick wow i was like "Uh uh-oh physical trauma shannon struggles with the with hanging a tarp and asks saeed for assistance saeed explains that she's very capable on her own Shannon starts to pick up on what's going on, ask what this is about. And Saeed says that she should find someone else to help her. And Shannon immediately knows it was Boone. She storms into the jungle and finds Locke skinning his dinner. She tells Locke to tell him to keep his mouth shut and not to, not to talk to Saeed. Locke asks, should I be writing this down? That was very funny to me. I, I liked that. Good, I feel like good. you like Locke in small doses. Yes. I really like Locke when he's not the focus of the episode. <laughs> like today, today's episode was good. I like Locke today. All, all thumbs up for Locke. We'll, we'll see about next week. Locke asks Shannon if she likes him. Shannon asks what, not sure if he meant Saeed or Boone. And Locke clarifies that he meant Saeed. That's all implied, by the way, not literal for anyone who's not actually watching the episode. Locke says that if she does like Saeed, Boone has nothing to do with it. And yelling at Boone will only give him her attention. And that is exactly what he wants. Because he's like a schoolboy with a crush. On his sister. What a fucking weirdo. (laughs) Everyone gets a new life on this island, Shannon. Maybe it's time to start yours. Is that like a cult leader moment or is that just good advice? Both. Today, he was a cult leader, but like a good cult leader. I might be a part of this cult. It seems fine. Fair enough. Sora tells Jin that he should be scared, because while they were all civilized a few months ago, it's Lord of the Flies time now. Even though he was himself was tortured. I know, right? Also, be like, that's a good line wasted on someone who doesn't know what he said. It, it was such a good line, and I'm going to shout out the camera work and the directing and everything here. This was a very like tense moment and the shaky cam it wasn't like too intense it was just like kind of like 
trying to find focus and like the close up of Sawyer's face as he waves the knife. That was a very cool moment. Jin just stares him down because he has no idea what's being said. <laughs> but I'm sure he's scared. Jin's like, I've been on the other side of this conversation before and I know he's not saying good things. I am very displeased. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Sawyer also calls him Bruce, which is a reference to Bruce Lee. Sawyer is racist. We get another flashback as Sun leads Jin to a dinner that she prepared. She says that she made it for them to enjoy together. His phone immediately rings and he says, no work tonight. As he shuts his phone off, they try to eat. And then the home phone rings, which shout out to 2004. Do you remember our home phone number? I do. Yeah, I do. We won't say it. No, we're not going to say it. (laughs) Jin eventually answers the phone. At his office, Peck asks why the factory remains closed and that he was too incompetent to deliver a simple message. Jin's just a nice guy. He doesn't pick up on the subtleties of deliver a message. Go beat the shit out of this guy. Peck tells Jin to take his associate to the secretary's home to show Jin how to properly deliver a message. On the drive over, the man's putting on gloves and tells Jin to keep the car running and obey traffic laws as he preps a silencer on a gun. The man tells Jin that he will take the car to the riverbanks after they are done with the secretary. I'm not entirely clear. At no point did did the man say he was bringing a body out with him. So was this like, we're going to dispose of the secretary or I'm going to dispose of you? I thought it, in my mind, they're going to throw the gun in the river. But maybe a body. I feel like throwing a body in a river is really dumb. But you didn't get any like, Jin is also going to die in this situation. Oh, no, I don't think so. I didn't think that that was what it was, but I was just like, sorry, sir. With gun, I don't want to take you to a remote area when I am the only witness to your crime. No, I definitely thought it was disposal of something, whether it be a body or the weapon. But here's my issue with this. It's implied that they're going to kill the secretary of whatever. Like, how is that going to accomplish anything? They like need this guy to open the factory or whatever. Or is it like, we're going to get rid of you because the next like, and we're going to replace you with somebody who will do their fucking job. Is that the second it? thing, yeah. Okay, because I thought maybe they were going to go kill his family or threaten his family or something like that. But yeah, okay, I guess that makes sense. They arrive at the secretary's house and Jin rushes to the door and beats the shit out of him, telling him that the factory will open immediately. Then he tells him that he just saved his life. Jin looks at the family with so much shame And leaves, telling the man that he got the message. Jin returns home, and it's the same scene from House of the Rising Sun, where Jin is washing blood off his hands, and he shoves Sun, and Sun slaps him. Again, Jin explains that he does what his father tells him to do, and he does it for them. Sun slowly leaves, and this time we stay in the scene a little bit longer, as Jin stares at himself in the mirror, shamefully, and breaks down crying. Has this changed your thoughts going back to that first episode or on on Jin, on their pre-island relationship? Well, I mean, it obviously gives context to him coming home in blood, covered in blood. It's like, should he beat the shit out of somebody? No. But we see why he did it. 
good. It's like bad action, good intentions. It's like, I still don't think he's a bad guy. I think he's just, just doing his best. I want to start by saying violence is never the answer. I feel like in this specific scenario, though, violence was the answer. Violence was the answer. (laughs) That guy was going to die. He just, yeah, he had to, he had to beat him up to save him. Yeah. So like, uh, it kind of sucks because it's like, well, it's like what he says later, his, her dad is the bad guy. He's not the bad guy. He's just like doing the best he can. And she doesn't know that. So she's just seeing like, oh my God, my husband's turned into this violent, you know, angry, whatever. So it just sucks. I feel for him. One could even go as far to say that Peck is douche of the week. (laughs) (laughs) Along with the fucking guy who gave his daughter's dog away. (laughs) And the fucking nameless assassin. He's just doing his job too. You don't know. He's just trying to get the bread. He could be married to Peck's other daughter. <laughs> but this scene here is why I love the episode title so much, because clearly like a lot is lost in translation or just from perspective. We knew Sun's story early on in the season, so we had a preconceived notion of Jin in our head. But now that we're finally getting his side of things, we're like, oh, th- this is complicated. Sawyer throws Jin to the ground on the beach and Michael immediately charges him. But Jack, Hurley, and Walt all get in the way, trying to calm him down. Michael points out that Jin's hands have burns. Everyone is shouting, and we hear Jin's perspective. He has no idea what is being said. He sees Sun and speaks to her, and Michael asks her what he said. Michael turns as Jin talks directly to him, and he punches him. Jack tries to break it up, but Sawyer and Saeed say it's between them. This is the bone I have to pick with Saeed. Why does it need to be between them? Yeah. Just, they don't need to come to, okay, let's say it's true. Jin burnt the raft down. They don't need to beat the shit out of him. I really honestly think that it's just like, they don't know how else to handle this situation. These two guys are going to keep coming for each other. They're like, fuck it. Let's let them Let's just let it happen. Yeah. Because they don't have a better answer. Like, I mean, obviously the better answer is that Sun needs to, do what she did but like they don't know that Jin continues to talk and Michael continues to punch I love that Jin never fought back in this scene just kind of took it I don't know why he took it I feel like he could have kicked Michael's ass but he did the right thing Jin gets back up and Michael goes to swing but Sun screams in English stop it leave him alone he didn't burn your raft I really wish we had known what Jin was saying. Like, what did he say to Sun? I really want to know. The story that she says. He basically was explaining to her, because at this point, it's the first time he's seen her since she thought he did it. Because when she immediately says the story, this the only way of him knowing was that conversation. Okay, got it. Okay, that makes sense. But what was he saying to Michael? Just like, bring it, pussy. Like, fuck you. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. Okay, go ahead. Everyone, including Jin, just stares at her. Charlie asks the obvious question, and then Jack asks why she didn't say anything all this time. Sun explains directly to Michael that Jin burned his hands after he found the raft already on fire, and he tried to put it out. 
Michael asks why Jin ran, and Sun attempts to ask him, but Jin is just in shock and does not answer. Michael takes this silence as guilt, and Sun says that Jin is many things, but he's not a liar. Sawyer points out that even Jin didn't know, and accuses Sun of lying to cover for him. Finally, someone comes in with a little bit of logic and puts this whole thing to bed, and that would be John Locke. Locke asks why Jin would burn the raft, and Michael says that Jin has been after him. Locke says, if it's personal, why take it out on all of them by destroying the best chance of them to get off the island? Locke says they're so focused on blaming and fighting each other that they're ignoring the undeniable truth. Quote, the problem isn't here, it's there. They've attacked us, sabotaged us, abducted us, murdered us. At one point, he points directly at Claire. Maybe it's time we stopped blaming us and started worrying about them. We're not the only people on this island, and we all know it. And get used to that quote, because it's going to be in every previously on from here to, like, almost the end of season two. I don't watch the previously on, so. Sun tells Michael that Jin did not burn the raft. Michael takes Walt, and they leave. Everyone begins to break up, and Sun attempts to tend to Jin, and he just walks away. Thoughts on Jin not fighting back? I think this is a common thing that's happened in this show. Why, whereas he's not guilty in this scenario, I still think he holds a lot of guilt. And so it's partially just like, yeah, punch me in the fucking face. I deserve it. Guilt for what? Well, he beat the shit out of that guy in front of his family. And basically stole his dog. So he's you done a lot. He- I think it's like he's done a lot of bad things pre-island and he never got punished for them. And it's like, this is his punishment. He did not do this, but he has no way of explaining himself. So fuck it. It's just going to get punched in the face. What were your thoughts about Locke's speech before we eventually found out? Before, I was like, duh, thank you. Why is no one else thinking this? Yeah, I was like, good cult leader. Yay, good cult leader. (laughs) Up at that point, and then like later with what happens with Walt, I was about ready to give Locke MVP of the week. But there's someone I'm holding out for. Okay. Michael finds that nothing can be salvaged from the fire, and in his frustration, he scares Walt. He apologizes and says that everyone has setbacks. Nice little teaching moment here. He says that they will start over, and Walt asks if he can help. I loved that moment. It's very nice. It was very wholesome. Sun arrives at the caves and finds that Jin is leaving to move to the beach. She asks why she didn't just tell him that he did not burn the raft. Jin refuses to speak to her. She asks what she did to deserve all of this. She asks when they stopped talking. Jin continues to leave. She says in English, I was going to leave you. I was going to get away. But you made me change my mind. You made me think that you still loved me. I'm crying at this point, by the way, watching the episode. She says that she wants to go back to the beginning. And she asks that they can just start over. When she said that, I was tearing up. It takes a lot for me to actually cry, but, you know, I I felt the tears behind my eyeballs. 
that's not where the tears are, but we all know what I mean. No, they're behind the eyeballs. And pee is stored in the balls, right? <laughs> I'm fucking done. <laughs> I'm canceling this podcast. We get a flashback. Jin arrives at a fishing village and finds his father. He apologizes for being ashamed of him. And his father hugs him as they both cry. This it- one made me more emotional. Not just tears behind the eyes, tears on my eyes. They didn't fall, but oh man, they were close. It took 17 episodes. And no offense, Michael, but we finally have a good dad in this show. But nothing but just shit dads. Fucking Christian, Peck, you know, Sawyer's dad who killed his wife and then himself. But a lot of shitty dads. I don't think Michael's a shitty dad. I think he's trying his best and he's not quite there yet. Yeah, but I'm not Brian. Gonna call him. I'll throw Brian in there too. Brian's a shitty dad. And there's so many more dads to come. Very common element in this show. Horrible fathers. Can't relate. I hesitated. Yeah, love you, dad. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Our child of the week. I'm calling it right now. Actually, uh, our father at, at the time of recording is not feeling well. Oh. <laughs> our father's not feeling well, so I got his ticket to go to the game tomorrow. What? Dad was going to go to the Ohio State-Indiana game with Uncle Brian, but Dad's not feeling well, so I'm taking his ticket. So not only did you hesitate on if he's a good dad, but now you're bragging about how Dad is too sick to go to a football game. Yeah, I'm definitely child of the week. (laughs) Did you even know he was sick? No. He doesn't tell me anything. Do Do you guys know every time I'm sick, should I start sending out a fucking message to everybody? Hey, guys, I have a slight cough this week. Jin helps his father with the fishing and tells him about Sun. He says that they don't talk anymore. He explains that he cannot tell her about her father, but in a good world, she would hate him and not Jin. Jin's father says it is a good world. Jin says that he doesn't know what he's done, and his father says it doesn't matter because you're my son. Is Jin's dad MVP of the episode? Yes. Yes, he is. Oh, I loved him so much. Honestly, I was going to give him Hottie of the Week, too. Just, like, that nurturing element. Stop. You don't do Hottie of the Week (laughs) right at all. His father says it does not matter because he is the son. Jin says that he wished he could start over. And his father says that he can. That his responsibilities are not more important than than his wife. Jin reveals that he has delivered watches to Peck's associates in Sydney and L.A., which is why they were on Oceanic 815. And Jin's father tells him to do this last thing and then disappear into America and save his marriage. Tell me why. I never questioned why they were in Australia to begin with. From in Australia going to L.A. <laughs> I never questioned it. This whole time I was like, I even put in my notes like, why were they flying to L.A.? I never even realized they were in Australia and that is not where they live. I'm stupid. This moment was just like heart-wrenching to me because... He wanted to start over too. Like they both want to start over. So I was like holding my breath in anticipation for him to be like, yes, let's start over. New life on this island. Back on the island, Jin goes to adjust his bag, but he sees his burnt hands. And this changes his mind. He tells her it's too late to start over and leaves. And Sun cries and I cry. And I pause the episode to stop crying. <laughs> This was a very, like, very, very intense moment. I was very sad. 
Shannon joins Saeed and kisses him by the fire. That should be me! <laughs> Why are you saying that? I just thought of the the meme. Because I, I knew you were thinking that. A little bit. She tells him that she wants to start her new life on the island. I ask again, do we ship it? Same answer. <laughs> I just think they're cute. They're not. Like, they're fine. They're two attractive people. That's awesome. Oh, you think Saeed's attractive? Oh, you're right. I've never mentioned it before. Yeah, he's okay. Locke finds Walt playing backgammon, and Walt tells him that Hurley owes him (laughs) $83,000. I love that. Locke sits down to play the game with Walt, and Locke asks where Michael is, and he explains that Michael's down by the beach, and he's not allowed to leave the caves after dark. So the coast is clear. We're about to have a serious conversation. But first... Walt asks about Locke's dad and if he's cool. Locke lets out a sigh and says a very definitive no. Locke asks why Walt burned the raft. Quickly, before we get into it, I noticed in this scene that Locke's face was half light and half dark from like the glow of this fire. Am I reading too much into it or is that one of those things? Are you frozen or are you just staring at me? I'm staring at you. Why? Because I'm not going to say anything. The fuck? But you point it out every other time. Why can't I be one to point it out? I'm not going to say you're reading too much into it, but like, I want to know your thought process behind it. I, I don't have a thought process <laughs> behind it. It's just I never notice it every time. you. It's a motif in the show, but I never see it. But I was watching this scene and I was like, oh, I love the like how only half his face is lit up. And I was like, oh, maybe that's that thing that Zane's always talking about. (laughs) Now, I feel like the thing that you always point out, it's always like straight up white and black. And this isn't white and black. It's just light and dark. Well, they are playing backgammon, so. Well, duh. I thought that in the scene, but that's obvious. But I don't know. I liked, regardless of if it is, I liked it. I thought it was very cool. Keep thinking about that just as time goes on. And one day, a long time from now, we will have an answer. Great. But yes, Locke asks very subtly why Walt burnt the raft. And what I love about this scene is it's a pretty big reveal. But it's just like so like not dramatic, not dramatized, you know, just dramatized. What would the word be? Dramatized. Dramatized. Thank you. What I love about this reveal is it's not dramatized. What I love about this reveal no. is that it's not made to be this dramatic thing. It's just, there it is. I like it because honestly, did not see it coming at all. And to just be like, drop, like, casual, what? Because it's like, to me, I'm like, it's so clearly the others. Clearly. Like, revenge for, you know, you killed Ethan, whatever. Damn. Damn. It's also very frustrating because I'm like, oh, my fucking God, I don't want to move again. Kid, don't you want to change your clothes or something? That's the dumbest shit I've ever heard. Locke says that he's not going to tell because he knows he must have a good reason. And Walt explains that he doesn't want to move and he likes the island. And Locke says that he likes it there, too. Here's my question. Locke saw him burn the raft he could have stopped him but he didn't 
we don't know if he where he saw him in the process. Maybe he just saw Walt running away from the fire. I feel like he saw the whole thing happen. I think he just watched it happen because he was like, I want it to happen, but I'm not going to be the one to do it. But I'm also not going to stop it. He's like, I'm not going to step in. I would not be surprised if Locke could have stopped it, but did not. Okay, well, building off that, do you think if Locke was in a position where he could prevent everyone from leaving, he would do it? No. I don't. I think Locke would choose to stay, potentially. I don't know how deep he is in this, like, island cult situation that he's got himself in. I don't think he would stop others from leaving, but I feel like if he had a choice, he wouldn't leave. Because he's afraid the magic might wear off? Yeah, maybe. I mean, I'd be a little bit worried. Locke is living his best life on this island. I also think of another question about the raft and how it can only fit four. And how we were just talking about how we wouldn't want to take our kid, but we wouldn't want to leave our kid behind. What about Vincent? Oh, my God, Vincent. Oh, my God, were they going to leave him on the... Well, I mean, if they come back for everyone, they'd come back for Vincent, obviously. But, like, if it were me, if I were in that position, I'd be like, I'd be, like, helping build the raft and shit. And then, like, it's launch day. And Dad's like, all right, get on. I'd be like, uh, uh, no, I'm staying with the dog. But you know what? It would be It would be really hard for me to leave my dog. But because I'm very convinced that they're going to die <laughs> or that they would have died on this raft or if they rebuild it, that they're going to die. Um, I hope they don't bring the dog. I hope they give the dog to somebody because Vincent. Who, would, who do you hope they give the dog to? Ooh. Ooh. I mean, have we seen Vincent like spend time with anybody else? No. I mean, like Locke probably. Why? Seems the closest with Walt. So therefore he's probably been around Vincent the most. He but seems pretty busy though. He is pretty busy. Um, Maybe somebody who just would, like, really benefit from the happiness of a dog. Like, Charlie, like, probably... On her gin right now. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Just somebody who, like, needs some chonky dog. Because he is a chonkster. That is a chonkster, if I've ever You know what? Labs get fat. It just happens. We've had labs. Remember Jack? Yeah, Jack was fat. We did not... (laughs) Dogs should not be that fat. This scene is titled... Top Button Rebellion. (laughs) Okay. It's a reference. I I got it. As Michael works on the raft and Jin walks up carrying bamboo and says, boat. See, he's learning English. Hurley walks by listening to music. Saeed and Shannon eat together all cute-like. Sun steps into the ocean and lets the covers off, revealing her in a bikini finally free honestly i really do feel like she's sad like she's mourning this relationship but she's also probably feels relieved it's probably like the same way boone felt when he thought the shannon was dead it's like obviously it's horrible but part of her this is what she wanted she was planning on leaving him charlie gives claire something to eat and Hurley's CD player dies. He takes off his headphones. There's a very long and awkward silence. And the episode ends. 
just as I was thinking, oh my gosh, Hurley is so lucky to have music on this island. Boom, it goes out. I would be, I don't know what I would do without music. I mean, like, I'm always listening to music. That would just be horrible. I would have to, I'd be like, Charlie, you got to give us a concert. I'd be starting a choir on the island or something. Like, you need music. I'd probably just be singing all the time and people would hate that. Andrew <laughs> says I have a kid's bop voice. So. Kate told me the other day that I sing from the front of my mouth. And I was like, what does that mean? And she could not elaborate. <laughs> uh, you sing through your nose. You're, you have a very nasally voice. I know. I do too. You have a mole. Okay, rude ass bitch. I was not saying that. Wow. I also sing through my nose, you little twat. All right. Last question. Okay. What do you think lies ahead for Sun and Jin? Well, obviously, like you've made comments before about how you love where they end up. So I'm assuming, I'm hoping that they reconnect. What? Uh, for everyone who's seen the show out there, I want it to be very clear that I do not love where they end up. I love their journey. I feel like you have said stuff in the past that makes me feel like that they get back together and that they have a good relationship. So I feel like they're going to reconnect. How long do you think that'll take? No idea. All right. Well, that just about covers everything except. Hottie of the week. Hottie of the week was not easy this week. Who do you think it should be? That will not sway my answer. I have an answer. Honestly, I don't know because I don't feel like anyone did anything in particular that was hot this week. Let me tell you who was really trying to be hottie of the week. Probably Saeed, just because Saeed of the whole... wanted to be Hottie of the Week. He was trying really hard. Yes, he, he he on the island was aware that he is up for this award that is 18 years away. He knows about it, and he was trying. He was, like, batting his eyelashes at me. He was giving me smirks. He wanted to be Hottie of the Week. And in my heart, sure, but he's not. Okay, well, let's just go through the list. No, stop uh, talking. Let okay. me have my moment. Hottie of the week is not an exact science. And sometimes the person who is hottie of the week, they make mistakes. But we can only trust, you know, the feeling that I get in my gut that they are hot. That, that I find them attractive. And hottie of the week is really just whoever I, my brain says the most in that episode. You're pretty attractive. And Hottie of the Week does not negate the mistakes that they made, past or present. And Hottie of the Week is Jin. I've already updated the spreadsheet. I knew you were I know. going with it that. Was, it, was, it was clear. <laughs> but listen, Jin is hot. And, and this is Hottie of the Week is Jin and also the future that I believe that Jin can have. I believe that I'm going to love Jin. He showed up and he's going to help build the raft. And he wanted to start over. He didn't want to do those bad things. He's just, he's a little in his head right now. He needs to work through some anger issues. He's got a language barrier. And he's got a wife who lied to him. But I think Jin is going to be a really good guy. And so Hottie of the Week is his future Jin. 
future Jin. It's it's the Jin that I know he can be deep down. And he's hot. All right. And lastly, what do you think is the topic of next week's episode? First, I need to say that this is the third topic that you have said is the last thing. You're like, yeah, last well. question. And the last thing is, and then also the last thing is. Okay, well, the last question was the last question. And then I said that covers everything except, and right, now this is lastly. Okay, it's still the third thing. So anyway, um, I'm not going to lie. I saw the name of next week's episode because it's like the, the autoplay thing. And, and I knew exactly as soon as I saw the name of next week's episode is Numbers. I knew it was Hurley. And then I saw the episode description, so I, I extra know it's Hurley. What are you looking at the episode description I didn't, for? I didn't because I hit back and then it like automatically like said, oh, play next episode. Like when Hurley, blah, blah, blah. So I was like, okay, it's Hurley. But I, yeah. So now based off of today's episode, I actually would have had Hurley as a guest because we see him on the TV we He's also another- the only person not to have a centric so far. Yeah, we see another hint at I have uh, Hurley owes me eighty three thousand dollars, and then he's like the last little bit at the end. I I probably would have guessed him if I hadn't guessed him. I don't think I, nobody else really got any development that I can think of this episode. So no, not I, really. I probably would have guessed him. All right. Well, that was in translation. And next week, I have a surprise. Oh, my God, you do? Mm-hmm. I love surprises. You have to wait for a while. Well, I have to wait seven days. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my God, I really want to know what it is. I love surprises, but I always want to ruin them for myself. It, it's like a 99% chance the surprise happens. I'm still, you know, you know how UPS is. Okay. I'm very curious. Okay. I'm going to try to put that out of my head because it's going to drive me crazy. Okay. I am going to have my own little surprise next week. And maybe we will reveal it on our TikTok. You can find us on TikTok at laurengetslost.pod. You can find us on Instagram at laurengetslostpod. And you can find us on Twitter if that shit show is still around. Uh, at the time of recording, some crazy stuff going on. I don't, I don't really, I don't use Twitter. Um, at Lauren Gets Lost. You can also find us on Facebook by searching Lauren Gets Lost Podcast. Is that how, Zane? I have no idea. I don't really use Facebook either. (laughs) Or in the link in the description below. Or in the link in the description below. And you know what else you can find in the description below? A cute little link for you to donate to our podcast if you super duper love us. That'd be so nice of you. Please help us out by giving us five stars wherever you're listening. Leave us a review. We've been reading some really nice reviews lately, and they make me so happy. People love me. Just kidding. I am waiting for, like, the first person who talks shit about me. I I will cry for a week. They haven't talked shit about you, but they talk shit about me on Reddit. Really? Mainly just, like, there's too many podcasts. Oh, who fucking cares? Yeah, so rate us five stars, anything less than five stars. And I'll put a fish in your air vents in your house. 
and it'll start to smell and you won't know where the smell is coming from. That would suck for you. And join us next week. Thank you for listening to Lauren Gets Lost. This podcast is hosted by and edited by Zane Kohler with co-host Lauren Kohler, produced by Kate Worcester, and our music is done by David Kohler. And remember, they were not dead the whole time. Okay, so when the when the stuff cut out, I also had to take a fucking emergency shit. Like, I had to poop so bad. That's why it took me so long to get back on. I know you're still recording and if you I will kill myself. Do not.